Hello, beloved, and welcome to this evening's message where we are going to take a look again at the truth. I believe it's one of those subjects that is extremely important, but what we're going to look at this evening is we're going to look at the fact that we are in a war for the truth. We are in a war for the truth. Before we continue, though, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can have your word that shows us that this war that we are involved in, this battle that we're involved in, is a real battle. And it's not just something that we make up or we think um, exists, but it actually exists. And it's my prayer, Father, as we dig into your word, as we look at this war for the truth that we are involved in, that you will enlighten us, that you will enable us to understand how serious this is. And uh, I pray, Father, that you will open up our hearts to receive and open up our minds to understand what your word has to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, so we are in a war for the truth. And let me say it this way. I believe from the beginning of time, there has been a war against the truth. I, I think we can say for certain that this war has kind of been initiated, figuratively speaking, from the pit of hell. Not that I'm saying that Satan is in hell. That's not what I'm saying, but it's a figure of speech. And I believe that this war is being fought under the direction of Satan himself. Now, when we get to Genesis chapter 3, specifically verse 1 to 7, we read about this war. We kind of get a glimpse of the, the beginning point of this war. What happens is that Satan approaches Eve. Now she was in the Garden of Eden. But he approaches her through the serpent. He doesn't come to her uh, as he is. No, no, no. He uses the serpent as an instrument to basically deceive Eve. And this war began when the serpent said to Eve. And we read it in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 3. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, listen to this. He said to the woman, has God indeed said? You hear that? Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So he twists God's words anyway. But these words, has God indeed said? Beloved, from that point onward, the war against the, true, the truth has been raging. Now, the question is, where do we stand today? Where are we today? I mean, we know that Satan is still the main source of this war no? against the truth. And he will continue to fight this war until he is finally defeated by Jesus Christ, when he is cast into the eternal lake of fire. Now, the amazing thing is that God gave us weapons so that we can be victorious in this battle for the truth. And we find these weapons in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6 to 10. Remember our spiritual armor that God has given us? We've done a Bible study on, on the armor already and, and spiritual warfare. But that's still the way um, or still the, the means through which you and I, uh, how we can fight this battle. And, and it's amazing that 
it is fought with the truth. Now the belt of truth, for example. Now it's been said that when an individual Christian loses the war, now the, this war for the truth, the effects are actually far-reaching because it reaches the family, it reaches the church, it reaches the community, society. It actually reaches a nation. And we can actually say it can even reach the rest of the world. Depending on, um, how can I say, if you are talking to a certain person, it could be a very influential person about the truth. And if you cannot defend the truth as a believer, then that person is going to go into this world and have an influence on so many people around them. But if we can share the truth and we, we pray that somebody will embrace the truth, no God's truth, then it will have a far-reaching influence on their own family, the, the church community that they are involved in, maybe their larger community that they stay in, uh, even society, and, and it could have an influence on the nation. Now, every believer, I believe, should learn as much as possible about this war that we are involved in, now, this war that is raging against the truth. And we should get involved in, let's call it a war for the truth. Now, because we want to see the truth triumph. We don't want to see the truth being defeated because, uh, remember, the truth is a person. Now, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But there's also such a thing as the truth. Uh, where Jesus said, thy word is truth, which means God's word is truth. And, and when somebody comes and they take the word and they twist the word, or they, uh, let's say, misquote the word of God, or they use the word of God in a way that uh, is not supposed to be done, instead of doing exegesis, which means to get the message out of the text, they use eisegesis, which means they read into the text. We need to, how can I say, be ready to bring the truth of God's word to people so that they can hear the truth. And ultimately, Scripture teaches us that the truth shall set us free. Okay, so question is, what does this war for or against the truth actually look like? What does it look like? Now, when we look at the world... What does this war for the truth look like in the world? And then obviously when we look at the church, what does this war uh, for the truth look like when it's actually um, raging within the church? Because there's definitely, there's a war for the truth in the world, but there's also a war for the truth in the church. Because there are people who stand against the truth even though they profess to be believers. But we know that in the world, uh, the truth has, has been under attack for a long, long, long time. But it's also being attacked within the, the church that we are living in today. Now, I believe that we can say that the war against the truth, when we look at the world itself, I believe that war against the truth is called postmodernism. Now, this word, this or this term, postmodernism, 
was developed in the 1980s. And it basically um, describes several popular trends in architecture and art and literature and history and culture, but also in religion. Now, in postmodernism, the knowledge of the truth is basically rejected. Right, So you have the truth, we have ultimate truth, we believe that God's word is truth, because Jesus revealed it to us, he said it to us. We believe that uh, ultimate truth or perfect truth is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So for us as believers, we believe there is such a thing, thing as objective truth, I've spoken about that already. But in postmodernism, the knowledge of the truth is basically rejected. Uh, postmodernism, we can say, is actually characterized with the concept of my truth and your truth. Everyone basically decides for themselves what their truth is. Postmodernism basically says that the truth is impossible to know. Um, in postmodernism, they basically say nothing is certain or nothing is sure. No one is allowed actually to speak with too much confidence or conviction about anything. Because if you speak with too much conviction, then basically you are going to go against somebody else's truth. Because nowadays, if somebody believes something about themselves, for example, then for them it's true. It doesn't matter if it's against nature. It doesn't matter if it's against logic it doesn't matter if it's against what we can perceive if somebody believes what they believe they believe what they believe they basically their truth is their truth but in postmodernism they basically say that the truth is impossible to know so nobody can know the truth you know that that truth that stands the test of time that truth that is in existence for as long as we know that truth we ha which has no beginning and has no end for postmodernists they believe that the truth is impossible to know you can't know the truth because nothing is certain or sure okay now postmodernists they believe that if someone has a strong conviction about anything it is a sign of arrogance. So if, let's say for example, we believe that the gospel is the only means of salvation and Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He's the only way through which somebody can be saved. And we believe God's word is the ultimate truth. God's word is objective truth. God's truth or God's word has been true from all eternity and it will be true into all eternity to come. If we, if we stand on that conviction, and, and the postmodernists will say to us that it's a sign of arrogance. Because no one is actually allowed to have you know, convictions uh, that they base on objective truth. Nobody can have strong convictions which they believe is true. You see, to the postmodernists, all truth is subjective. Everyone is basically entitled to their own truth. Anybody can decide 
what truth is their truth. They can interpret truth whatever way they want, and, and that is acceptable. And the interesting thing is that they believe that th- their interpretation of the truth is also the only way that you're allowed to interpret truth. So what they're actually doing is their their understanding of truth being relative, they've actually made it, um, let's say, like eternal truth. They basically say what they believe and what they say about the truth is the only truth. So, when we say that Jesus Christ is the truth or God's word is the truth and truth is objective and we can know the truth, um, they will say, no, 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 we're arrogant. But when they say that their interpretation in the sense that they believe that each one has their own truth and that is, how can I say, the truth, then they will never ever say that they are basically um, arrogant. They won't say that. You see, because that's the way postmodernism works. Now, everybody in postmodernism is basically entitled to his or her own truth. And therefore, well, actually no one uh, or no thought or no action is wrong. Where we as believers come along and we say, no, 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 oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sin is wrong. There, there is such a thing as sin. And because there's such a thing as sin, sin is wrong. And all sin is unacceptable. And all sin is, is wrong. The postmodernist comes along and says, I, no, no, no. Everybody's entitled to their own truth. And their own truth is their own truth. So, uh, no one or no thought or no action is wrong. You see, in postmodernism, everything is right. As long as an individual does not press his or her belief down upon somebody else. That's the important thing in postmodernism. You see, postmodernists can tolerate one another, but only as long as everybody, uh, yeah, can I say, believe in what they believe as long as everyone's truth is their truth then they can tolerate one another and they can get along that's why we can see how people in the world how they can get along with one another because postmodernists basically tolerate one another as long as everyone's truth is their truth the reality actually is completely different to what they portray. As long as everybody accepts the truth of the postmodernists, all is well. You see, beloved, I've, I've said it. Let me just say it again because I believe it's important for us to understand. The postmodernists um, only tolerate those who agree with their view on the truth. If a believer shares his or her view on Objective biblical truth, for example, the postmodernist will not tolerate it. That's the reality. They, they will not tolerate it. Because their truth is, yes, everybody's got their truth, but uh, Christians can't say that they've got the truth. 
Nobody else can say they've got the truth. Your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. We, We as believers say, no, no, no. Jesus said to us, God's word is truth. Jesus told us that he is the truth. So that's the stance we take. We basically say what Christ said. But if we say that, uh, the postmodernists, they will not take it. They will not tolerate us. Now, the sad thing is that the postmodern view of the truth has basically infiltrated the church. And there is a war that's raging in the church today. And the problem is that the truth um, is the focus of this attack. You see, what, what's happened is postmodernism has forced its way into the church. And the way that it's, uh, it was done is actually very, very, how can I say, very sneaky. Because it was done through what is called the emerging church. Now, the emerging church is basically a man-made effort to to try to make Christianity more suitable to postmodern culture. That's why the emerging church basically uh, this idea developed. Now, I read this explanation um, somewhere, and I quote from it. It says, the thinking of those involved in the emerging church is that every aspect of Christianity must reflect the thought of postmodernism. If modern culture is to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the real problem with that is that the gospel is designed by God to reach everyone everywhere in every age and does not need to be tweaked, added to, changed or subtracted from uh, to any degree. The goal of Christianity and preaching the gospel is not to lead people to a postmodern thought, but to lead them to Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, many uh, church leaders do not see it as an issue these days. You see, the problem is, that the emerging church has unfortunately adopted postmodernism. And that's, that's really heartbreaking. Now, the result of the emerging church basically adopting postmodernism is heartbreaking because um, several unbiblical viewpoints have basically now emerged from the postmodern um, infiltration of the church. And, and these viewpoints must be rejected by all true believers. Let me give you uh, some viewpoints that um, the emerging church holds to that are uh, they, they, they dangerous. For example, the emerging church is seriously attacking the importance of preaching. They attack preaching. Now the Bible preaches, or ach teaches, sorry, the Bible teaches that Preaching is the method which God has chosen to reach people with the gospel. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. And the, the gospel has to be preached. We read, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 24, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the uh, disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. You see, what God has done is amazing. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And, and I just want to share these, these, this verse with you again. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, verse 20 says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Then he says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Then he says, For in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God that through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You see, through the foolishness of the message preached. And what is that message? That message obviously is the gospel. So through the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel, that God would save those who believe the gospel. But what does the postmodernists do? What does the emerging church do? They attack the importance of preaching the word of God. That's what they literally does. I uh, do. They they attack uh, preaching. So, at the end of the day, when we uh, when we look at postmodernism within the church, we need to understand that the emerging church is, let's say the vessel through which postmodernism or postmodern thought has infiltrated the church. And at the end of the day, as it infiltrated the church, it is attacking most of the fundamental aspects of being church, of which one is the fact that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can anybody hear the word of God, or how can anybody hear the gospel if there's no one to preach the gospel? And how can somebody preach if they are not called? You see, the basic, um, not the basic thought, but the, the, the basic understanding is, when, when it comes to the gospel and the preaching of the gospel, is that people will come to salvation when we preach the gospel. But the emerging church comes along because of the adoption of postmodernism and they say no 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 uh, preaching is not not important right so that that's one of the things that that happens or happen yeah happens within the church that basically makes it a sad thing that this postmodern view of the truth has basically infiltrated the church and and we see that this war is raging in the church today with the truth being the focus of the attack what is the truth? The truth is that through the preaching of the gospel, people will come to a saving knowledge of Christ. We are called to preach the gospel. The church is called to preach the gospel to, to um, sinners. 
What does postmodernism do? They say, no, 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 no. That's not the truth. Some people can decide to preach the gospel and others can decide, no, they just want to tell stories and others want to do this and others want to do that. Everybody's got their own truth. And because everybody's got their own truth, there is no such thing any longer that the preaching of the gospel is fundamental or foundational to the salvation of souls. We see it in churches as well where doctrines are developed, where you don't have to preach the gospel. People don't have to hear the gospel. For example, hyper-Calvinism, where uh, because you elect it, you, you will be saved. So you, the gospel doesn't have to be preached. And that's not true. That's not true at all. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel has to be preached, and we are called to preach the gospel. So, beloved, one of the things, one of the ways that postmodernism has infiltrated the church um, through the emerging church is that they do not accept the truth. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting the, the emphasis on the. No? They don't want to accept the truth that the means through which God wants to save sinners is through the preaching of the gospel of people who have been called by God and who've been saved by God and then to go into the world and to preach the gospel and then sinners will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The, the emerging church says, nope, it's not necessary. There's other means through which people can come to salvation. And that's not true. Beloved, if we don't do it God's way, if we don't do it the way of the truth, then we are in danger that people will not come to a saving knowledge of Christ because the way that God decided that people will come to a saving knowledge of Christ is through the preaching of the gospel. All right, that that concludes our message. We're going to continue, God willing, next time. Uh, as we continue with the emerging church, there's still a few things that I would like to share with you with regards to the emerging church and the infiltration of postmodernism into the church, how it infiltrated the church and how it is changing the truth, things that are very important within the church, how it is changing those things. Uh, and it's actually uh, making the church weak. And what God has said as being the truth, the things that we have to do, uh, they are just saying, no, everybody's got their own truth. Everybody can decide for themselves what is right and what is not right. It's the same with the worship services. You know, you, you get worship services. When you walk into that worship service, you wonder if you are in a church or whether you are now in a club or whether you, where are you now? Because the things that they do in worship services nowadays are not based on the truth if it is part of the emerging church movement. All right. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can look at postmodernism and we can look at this war against the truth. And Father, thank you so much that we can see uh, through your word that we have to be very wide and awake so that we can continue to walk in the truth, ultimate truth, objective truth, perfect truth, the truth, your truth. And I pray, Father, that you will enable us and I really want to pray for those who are caught up in the emerging church movement. And we've just looked at one aspect of it, where they do not accept preaching any longer. 
I pray, Father, please, will you open up people's eyes? Will you open up their hearts so that they will receive the truth in their eyes, so that they can see what they're involved in, and that they will return to the truth? Your truth. Your word is truth. And obviously to Jesus Christ, who is the, who can I say, personification of truth. Father, I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, when we look at the truth, uh, God bless. Bye-bye.